Everything was corny, while the death was depressing, and Josh could think of nothing in between. Besides, how exactly would a reptile fight the Chicago Police Department and the devious mayor? Too hypoglycemic to type a word, which would then perhaps lead to the next word. He could perceive only the blank space below what he'd written last. Snake Man. Don't. Let's take care of the boss first. Baruch the Spinner was right. Infinity exhausts all reality. But finitude does it too. Almost. Joshua stared at the crosswalk outside the coffee shop, where nothing was happening, until he discovered some comfort in devising wisecracks for some imaginary audience at some future dinner party. How is a shop different from a shop? Did the wife of Bath drink soy milk chai lattes? Are the Middle English-speaking baristas commonly stricken with black death, etc.? He was about to open a new file to log all the shop cracks when a pack of ROTC cadets appeared on the Olive Street horizon in fatefully slow motion, reminding him of that long shot in Lawrence of Arabia, where in the flatline desert a speck grows into a horseman. The cadets forded the street, fake punching one another, slapping shaven necks, no worry in their lives, save the fear of being expelled from the pack. And then he saw them in the desert, thickly coated in dust, tongue hanging thirsty on their way to a battle where they would mature and or heroically die, the nefarious natives offering them contaminated piss-warm water in beaten tin cups. The cadets couldn't begin to conceive of their sandstorming future. They couldn't as much as pity themselves in advance. In fact, they could see little beyond their imminent meal, beyond acting out their childish toughness, beyond play-acting hand-to-hand combat at lunch break. He who has a mind capable of a great many things has a body whose greatest part is eternal, wrote Baruch and out of the sad ROTC mindlessness, the scene from Dawn of the Dead was recollected, in which zombies tottered in circles around a depopulated shopping mall, unable to forget their life before their undeath, their infected brains still retaining the remnants of their happy Christmas memories. A chubby cadet sensed the intensity of Joshua's inspired gaze, and as the rest of the corps trundled on to the next-door sandwich shop, stopped to grin at him from the other side of the window. His face was wide, his cheeks flushed, his front teeth of uneven sizes like a skyline, his eyes lit up with the arrogant innocence of youth. In a blissful blink, Joshua saw the narrative landscape neatly laid down before him, all the endless possibilities all the overhead and wide shots, all the graceful character trajectories blazing across the spectacular firmament, all the expanse conducive to a love interest. All Joshua had to do was stroll through that idyllic symmetry and write it down. This time, he was determined, his vision would not decompose in the computer's memory with the skeletons of his other ideas. He opened right then and there a new final draft file, and created the title page to stare at it. Zombie Wars by Joshua Levin Chicago, March 31st, 2003
whereupon he stared at it. Alas, unless you're the Lord himself, creation cannot be willed. Joshua needed to eat something before embarking upon it, and hence stood in line behind an over-tattooed prick who couldn't decide between banana and pumpkin bread, while the barista in a Che Guevara hat, yet presumably fluent in middle fucking English, looked on indifferently. The impasse allowed Joshua to imagine a zombie biting into the prick's neck tattoos, blood splashing the ready lattes, turning them pink, the zombie oblivious to the hysterically hissing espresso machine. The revolutionary Chaucerian barista, artistically striving for the perfect foam, took an eternity to steam the milk for Joshua's cappuccino, giving enough time for the zombie apocalypse to smoothly exhaust its cataclysmic reality and sink to the bottom of Joshua's mind. Back at his shaky table,